Money FM 89.3, the best of the breakfast huddle. Money FM 89.3, good morning. It's the breakfast huddle with Elliot Danka and Ryan Huang. It is time now for Euro Watch, where we take a look at headlines coming out of the Europe region. What to expect from the UK's mini budget? That's set to be announced at the end of the week. Plus, uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin ordering Russia's first wartime mobilization since World War II. Is it a sign of desperation? We've got these headlines and a lot more to talk about. On the line with me this morning is Trisha Craig, who is Vice President, Engagement and Senior Lecturer of Social Sciences, Sociology and Political Science at Yale and U.S. College. Good morning. How are you? Hey, good morning. Thanks so much for having me. We've got a lot to get through. Tricia, let's start off with the U.K.'s mini-budget set to be announced at the end of the week. What do we know so far with regard to this? Okay, so Prime Minister Liz Truss and her new Chancellor, Kwasi Kwarteng, um, they're going to present a mini-budget tomorrow on Friday. During her campaign uh, for for prime minister, she pledged that she would quickly bring an emergency budget. Um, She wanted to address the concerns of of the British people, specifically things like the rapidly um, rising cost of living. She wanted to grow the economy. So this is, you know, this has been part of her um, promise. Um, It was delayed a little bit because of the um, the death of the queen. Um, But right now, her job is to get that economy moving. It's one of the worst performing in Europe. Inflation is in the double digits, at its highest level in 40 years. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the rise in energy prices um, as a result of the war in Ukraine. So one measure that we that we know is going to be there uh, is a two-year energy bill freeze. Mm-hmm. What that will do is cap how much households have to pay for energy. So they'll cap it at 2,500 pounds for the next two years. That's about 4,000 thing. Um, that's a huge price tag. It's going to cost around 100, 150 billion pounds. Um, but she, and she claims that this is not going to be passed on to the energy companies, right? So how do you do that? You have to borrow yeah. to support that. And one of the things that we're expecting in the budget is that we'll get more details on that because obviously a thing that price tag that big people are, people are nervous about it. Mm, that is quite a curious situation for me because, okay, I understand that she'll, they will have to borrow in order to help the people to deal with the inflation because of the energy. They also have Bank of England interest rate decision expected today as well. How does yeah. this all play out in terms of at the end of the day, you know, you still want economic growth. This is not going to help the situation. No. And, uh, you know, the, the, the combination of borrowing and tax cuts, I think, um, has a lot of people nervous. So, one of the, the other thing, of course, that we're really expecting in this announcement in the mini budget is um, tax cuts. They're mm-hmm. going to be a really big part of the story. Yeah. She has said she's going to start cutting taxes from day one. They are looking for about 30 billion pounds in cuts. And so some of the some of the places they're going to find that um, they uh, so in April, uh, an increase of uh, one and a quarter percent in um uh, the national health insurance went up. That was to pay for the national health service, social care, things like that. So they're gonna um, they're gonna roll that back. Then the former chancellor, her her opponent in the uh, in the race to be prime minister, mm-hmm. uh, Rishi Sunak, he had a plan in place that was going to increase the corporate tax rate next year, having it go from 19 to 25 percent. And it's expected that they'll that they won't put that into effect. It'll keep it at the 19 percent level, and then. This is this is small. This is smaller change, but 
but I think uh, optically it's a big deal. She's all, we've also been hearing a lot that she might remove the cap on bankers' bonuses. Okay. Um, and, and you know, you know how you know bankers yeah. <laughs> can, uh, can can get you know they're they're a symbol right for yeah. a lot of people. But she's argued that, you know, growing the, she did not come to make friends, right? She has yeah. argued that yeah. growing the economy means doing unpopular things. And something like removing the bonuses, she feels is a way to make the city, the UK's financial center, more attractive, to bring more investment into the country. Um, you know, so overall, she has acknowledged that her plan will disproportionately affect and benefit the rich. Um, but her argument is, you know, they pay more in taxes, so tax cuts are going to help them more. This is what we have to do to get the economy moving. So mm. for a lot of people, this seems like a return to the trickle-down approach of the Thatcher years, less attention to reducing inequality. Mm, I give it to her. She's prepared to be unpopular, all right. The UK is also weighing up on whether to attend a new European Political Club of Nations meeting next month. Could you give us some details about this European political community? Whose idea yeah. was this? <laughs> I thought they left the EU. <laughs> they left the EU, and don't we already have one of those? Yeah, so yeah. Um, this, this is an idea that was first floated by um, French President Emmanuel Macron in May when he was speaking to the European European Parliament. Um, and it was, it was, a, it, the details then, and to some extent still, were a little bit fuzzy, a little bit ambiguous. Uh, we understand the Germans were not thrilled that they hadn't been sort of apprised beforehand. Um, but there seemed to be a couple of rationales for it. One is that this would be a kind of group of countries that could get together. So not just okay. members of the EU, but members, uh, so countries that are geographically and um, in terms of values close. One, right. of the, one of the things that they're hoping to do is keep some of the countries who um, are on the list to join the EU close. So there's a, there's a bunch of countries in the Western Balkans, like Albania, Serbia. Um, their membership process seems to have stalled out, right? And, and you know, there's a question, well, if, if this is going to be on hold indefinitely, then how close are they really going to be to the U.S.? So this is a, to the EU. This is a way to incentivize them to stay close to the EU while the enlargement process moves along kind of slowly. Um, in a, and initially, there was a lot of consternation, particularly around Eastern Europe, when Macron brought this up. People thought, oh, this is you know going to be an alternative to membership, a kind of permanent second-class status. So France has had to do a lot of damage control um, mm-hmm. since then. Um, you know, um, one of the things that helps is that Ukraine in June became a candidate. So now it's clear that it's not that this European political community is uh, is not a substitute, okay. um, but it's a way to in- incentivize countries to um, stay close. But also, I think a driving factor was trying to maintain some kind of ties with the UK. Yeah. Um, one of the things Macron said in his speech is that this would not be close to those who have left the EU. Well, we know who he's referring to, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so this would be um, this would be a way to have uh, to, to maintain sort of closer ties. They've been the um, yeah to, to have closer ties. To yeah. the EU. it's like college, basically alumni and friends from just outside the district. You're invited to join. <laughs> Trisha, the European Commission has also set out an emergency tool to protect supply chains in times of crisis, and it would give the EU executive new powers. Tell us a little bit about this new emergency tool and how important is it in this current time. Yeah, so basically this is trying to deal with the supply chain issues that it faced because of COVID and then uh, the war in Ukraine. So what they're trying to do is um, uh, have the power to enact um, export controls, stockpiling of 
uh, necessary uh, products um, expand or repurpose production. You know, they can tell companies, hey, we need you to start making this. Mm. Um, What they're trying to do is protect the supply and the availability of key goods. Um, During the pandemic, the EU did things like they banned export of vaccines. They asked companies to ramp up production of you know, masks and PPE and stuff like that. Yeah. But those were sort of ad hoc. And then this, what they're saying is this will allow them to, um, rather than react to crisis, to, to plan for them. But of course, there's there's been a huge um, backlash. Um, there are nine member states that wrote a letter against it. Companies are really, are really nervous about this. They're worried that it's overreached by the EU. Um, you know, one of the things that they're concerned about is that it allows too much intervention really in corporate operations because they they're asking for information about um about production capacity mm. um and companies are you know worried that this potentially dis- discloses um you know proprietary information to competitors so i think we'll see some back and forth um you know negotiation on what it actually looks like in the coming week and finally it is a piece that's on the front page of the straits times this morning russian president vladimir putin's speech a couple of issues to look at here first it was postponed the first time then Uh you've got reports saying the kremlin is in chaos (laughs) but now it is the first wartime mobilization since world war ii other reports saying he's desperate what are you reading into this situation so you know i think that the speech is kind of Tell me without telling me the war is going badly, right? This was uh, this was a um, I, big stock market drop on yeah. the news of the mobilizations. Three hundred thousand people being called up. Um, you cannot get a ticket um, out of the country. The the prices went up to like thirteen thousand dollars for a one way ticket to Dubai. Long lines of cars trying to get into Finland. Basically, I think the um, they, they can, Putin cannot continue the fiction that life will go on as normal. Um, I do think this is a very dangerous moment for Putin. We we had a 13-hour delay in the speech. You know, post hoc there were all these sort of things like, oh, he was having some you know uh, coughing problems or whatever. But that you know, it it really sounds like. Um, as this is the delay was going as the de- delay was unfolding mm. um you know we were hearing a lot of speculation that turned out to be correct that yeah. a large escalation was on the table um and you know he came out he came out fighting but i think he's fighting both um against the west but but also internally yeah plus you know the fact that the ukraine did have some victories the past couple of weeks right is there a chance i know i'm going to speculation territory here i know it's been talked about but that chance of him resorting to nuclear weapons i mean i really hope that doesn't happen because nobody wins in that scenario yeah and um of course all of us hope that that doesn't happen mm. i think it's been really instructive though to see the kind of reaction to the speech okay um okay. that you know i think the west um uh, discounts that, um, and I think they. I think they're looking at that threat as um, a kind of overplaying of Putin's hands. Okay. Um, the West, you know, these referendums, the, these referenda that are going on in the next couple of days to have um, parts of uh, Ukraine, about fifteen percent of its territory, annexed. Okay. Uh, you know, they will in quotes vote to annex themselves to to, to Russia. Um, I think that the. Um, that the West looks at that threat of nuclear um, uh, option as a, a desperate man who 
probably won't carry through with it. All right. I've been speaking with Trisha Craig, who is Vice President Engagement and Senior Lecturer of Social Sciences, Sociology and Political Science at Yale and U.S. College. Trisha, I appreciate your time this morning. Take care and have a great day. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.